Halloween fun with one-stop shopping at Woolworth or Woolco for your Halloween needs. Costumes from $1.83 to $3.99, like $6 million man, bionic woman, superheroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and a new favorite for girls, Holly Hobby. You can get wrapped candies of every kind. Bubblegum, lollipops, fun-sized candy bars. Get this Halloween record. Sounds to make you shiver just $1.89. Make Halloween fun and easy. Make just one stop at Woolworth or Woolco. All right, welcome to Frequency 13, a safe space for Generation X, episode 24, big 2-4. All right, look, man, we got a great we got a great episode. I'm going to tell you, uh, fall is absolutely in the air right now, and it feels great. My favorite season. Had a great bike ride yesterday. We went up and, and rode this uh, trail. It's an old railroad track, and we rode it uh, a number of miles, and... It was, it's, it's kind of like, it was a pretty easy grade going up and we came down going the other way. So we rode and rode and rode, had a great time. Then we got to coast down. It was a lot of, a lot of fun, but we saw a lot of electric bikes and I, I haven't told this audience about my electric bike, but I, I have a bike. I bought one back in, back in 96. Maybe I talked about it. I, I, I may have talked about it on the Huffy episode, but I bought a electric bike back in uh, 96. Jesus, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> 2014 actually uh and and I, I bought it to commute to work and it was called in fact it was called the city commuter and it was made by a company called pedigo they're still around wasn't a lot of electric bikes in the space at the time uh today you have a, a variety of choices and there's been a bicycle boom and, and electric bikes have really taken off and what people have realized is you're not riding this to get in shape <laughs> <laughs> which you can. I mean, it just makes you go farther, right? You're still pedaling on most of these electric bikes. Mine's a class, was a class one. So I actually have a throttle and I can go up to like 28 miles an hour, uh, with no problem at all. Uh, but that's, you know, most of them are just, they have this pedal assist motor in the middle, which helps with your range. So you can still, you still can get all the exercise you'd ever want. You just go faster than humanly possible. Does that make sense? Uh, so People have figured this out. I, I was given a lot of grief just not too long ago, 2014, that I was cheating. <laughs> I was cheating because I had an electric bike. And I'm, I guess riding my bike to work, I was supposed to be, you know, sweating and, and soaking wet when I got to work. And I was like, why would I want to do that? Uh, why? <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I luckily... Uh, realized for myself anyway that wasn't necessary and getting to work in the same clothes i was going to be in all day was a bigger deal to me so what it really does is give you a chance to pedal to work and yeah i mean if it was hot enough out and you really went for it you could sweat but you know typically the mornings are cool and i'd sweat on the way home because of the heat outside but no different than anything else and and the question are well that's cheating well wait a minute you drove a car to work today how in the hell is that not cheating <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, it's that I just I was reminded of that because I saw a lot of electric bikes on, on the bike path. And what I really appreciated was this: you had, and, and I, I swear to God, I had an eighty-five-year-old woman on the back of an re electric recumbent with her daughter. Her daughter was in her fifties, and it was it was absolutely wonderful to see. They were both out riding, having a great time, and doing it because of the electric assist. They could both get out there. I saw another family where they had three generations. Had grandpa, 
they had uh, mom and dad and they had a, a child and they were all riding along and grandpa had the electric bike and he was, you know, I could see he was mobility challenged to begin with. And that bike allowed him to ride and enjoy the, the nice fall air with his family. So anyway, if you have, if you're not familiar with electric bikes, man, check it out. It's, <laughs> it's really, it's really cool. They're a lot of fun and that's definitely not what we're going to talk about today, but it's okay. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Uh, so man, what's this? What is this episode about? Well, if you didn't pick it up from the opening sounds, this is our Halloween episode. <laughs> spooky, spooky. Uh, yeah, and I'm putting it out before Halloween. Because, you know, after if you put out the day of Halloween, it's a podcast. Nobody listens to it live. It's not a live show like the Friday night movie that we're going to talk about today as well. And then I've also got, uh, what else we got here? We got, oh, we got key cars. We're going to talk about key cars as well. And of course, those wonderful, wonderful Halloween Halloween costumes we wore. The company that made those vinyl costumes with the plastic masks. Interesting history and fascinating. Uh, and certainly a, a, a good story, a, a good, I don't know, a good example of how things have always been changing. We, we like to think about things today like they're just now, you know, these the certain things are going away and disappearing and they're never coming back. And yeah, that's true, but it's always been true, right? Technology changes things and makes things different. That's what makes it so fun to look back and reminisce about these these cool things that we do on this show. It's just, it's a heck of a lot of fun, man. So, all right, let's uh, let's get right into it, shall we? So first up is going to we're, let's let's talk about last week's Simpsons trivia. Now this uh, this question came from season eight, episode six, called "A Millhouse Divided," and that is the episode where during Pictionary, Kirk and Luann got into a fight. And Marge asked them, you know, why don't we all have a few drinks? And and uh, oh, by the way, that is also <laughs> the episode where in the third act. Homer actually gets divorced from Marge. I don't think I mentioned that last week, but I I love that. <laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> then they get remarried and everything else. You know, it's it all ends well. But uh anyway, so where did the the question was this? Where did the fortune cookies that Marge served come from? And <laughs> hold on. I'm I'm just gonna play it. If it plays, we'll see. The Van Halen split up at our party. Marge, please. That was 20 minutes ago. I shouldn't have served those North Korean fortune cookies. <laughs> there you they go. They were so insulting. You are a coward. No one likes to hear that after a nice meal. Well, she's right about that. <laughs> so, yeah, North Korean fortune cookies. I love it. So uh, that's uh, that was last week's trivia question. I don't know that I would have gotten that one. Had I not been the guy making the question, uh, <laughs> but it was funny, man. It was it was just absolutely hilarious. So uh, anyway, let's talk about this week's trivia question. Now this 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 week uh, we talk about season two, episode ten. So we're going way back, and this is when you know Bart gets hit hit by a car, and Lionel Hutz, uh, which oh my god, you can do an entire. You could string together Lionel Hutz because he was funny. I mean, what what a well well is he well developed? I don't know. He's a shtick character to to be sure. 
Uh, we don't know a lot about Lionel Hutz other than he's a typical ambulance chasing attorney uh, who is also an alcoholic. So um, <laughs> he's, he's kind of like Dr. Nick, you know, but that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about season two, episode 10. Bart gets hit by a car. Lionel Hutz. Right in here, Mr. Simpson. Any calls, Della? Calls? Oh, calls, yes. Uh, the Supreme Court called again. They need your help on some freedom thing. Tell them to sit tight. I'll get back to them. This way, Mr. Simpson. You sure have got some education, Mr. Hutch. Yes, Harvard, Yale, MIT, Oxford, the Sorbonne, the Louvre. Oh. Oh, well. Mr. Simpson... The state bar forbids me from promising you a big cash settlement. But just between you and me, I promise you a big cash settlement. My fee is 50%. <laughs> uh, okay, so at the beginning of that scene, in fact, in season two, episode 10, we see uh, uh, Homer looking at a business card. Now, there's a reason that that came in handy for him, and he was handed it was handed to him when they were in the hospital and Bart was recovering from the minor boo-boo that put him in the hospital, which he thought he was going to die and spit off an elevator and went down to hell, and then they found out he wasn't supposed to be there, then he wakes up. So he got kind of knocked out, <laughs> and this is, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's a great episode. But So they tried to sue, obviously, Monty Burns, because Monty Burns was driving, and it's just it's a great show, great episode for especially in season two. I mean, it's early on, so we're developing these characters. We don't have a good sense of everything, and so there's a, a lot of drama in, into the, in in the way they develop these. But anyway, what what, what tell me about the business card? Uh, what does it turn into? What does the Lionel Hutz business card turn into? And that's your question. That's your assignment, as it were. So if you have Disney Plus, you can go watch that episode and and have a good laugh. <laughs> and you, I mean, if you're not addicted to The Simpsons, that's okay. You can watch these. You know, it's not going to be the same watching them out of order, but you don't have to watch them season by season. That's the best part. And they they there's something for just about everything that happens. Now remember that it's like anything else. Every time we see a prediction, you see a lot of that. The prediction, uh, and I've talked about it on this show. The, the prediction that the Simpsons predict everything, right? They predicted President Trump, da da da, da. You know, that's true. But let's not forget all the crap they missed. <laughs> you know, we don't talk about that. We have these short lists, but we don't have this much longer list of all the things that they missed predicting. So anyway, that's that's that one. So let's get into uh let's get to our next segment here. It's uh and we're gonna talk about burning key cards. You remember those by Kitco? Uh yeah. So they're they're really a lot like the popular uh, Hot Wheels or Matchbox cars we had, and and God, okay. So first of all, let's uh, let's hear the commercial here in the song. That'll spark your memory. Burning key card collection. You sold separately. We make them look flashy, but you make them run fast. The key to speed. Fast. Fast. The key to speed. Fast. Burning key cards. Cars with the key to speed. Fast. Burning key cards. Each sold separately with a keychain from Kidco. So, do you remember those beauties? I mean, they were nice, man. They were. They took your Hot Wheels up a notch. 
right? So this is an 80, 1980 play for most of us here. Uh, and, and that's kind of when, when they were so, God, you know, I was nine years old. It was perfect timing for these. So maybe you had a piece of, a piece of track laying around. So this is how it worked. So you'd, you take your key and you jam it into the back. And what that was actually doing was compressing the spring for the, for the little motor that was going to spin the wheels, right? And so you go line your key car up. And again, you could just put it on the kitchen floor or, you know, we had a pretty flat car, but I could run them on there too. But ideally, you'd put them on your, your vinyl Hot Wheels track, right? Remember those? And they, they clipped together. And we're gonna, we haven't gotten into Hot Wheels and Matchbox. There's a good reason for it. We're going to get to it. Uh, and and you'd, you'd, put the, you'd put your car on there and it fit inside the track. You squoze the key. And it launched, man. <laughs> and they were fast. They really were. So, yeah, if you check out that commercial, and I'll post a link to it on uh, on Facebook. But uh, it uh, you hit the button, and it rips, man. And I'm going to tell you, there was nothing There was nothing like it. It was just, it was, God, it was so much fun. But the thing is, what I want to talk about here is uh, some fascinating things about Matchbox. So they ended up acquiring Kidco. And this was after after that after the after nineteen eighty. It was in the early eighties, but they ended up buying uh, Matchbox was merging with stuff, and they you know they were they were a big player in in, in everything. And so there's this company called Universal, and they had bought LN Toys of New York, and then Matchbox was bought by Universal as well. So we think about Matchbox, but uh, they had they had, and they had just acquired Kidco. And LIN Toys uh, market under the Matchbox brand in Europe. So if you're one of my European listeners, and I do have a few, believe it or not, some of you UK folks. And what I have found is interesting, too. Uh, it seems to me that there is a bigger presence for this kind of stuff in the UK than, than there is here in the US. And, uh, you know, turns out, guys, I don't know if I told you this, but uh, I'm actually, by genetics, I am English. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there's something in our DNA that we just enjoy these uh, these stories and keeping these things alive. <laughs> really digress there, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, when they when Matchbox Toys, they weren't just doing diecast. Now this is where this is interesting because uh, you know it makes sense. I mean the 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 keep burning key cars. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense that they would do that. Uh, but what makes it more interesting is that's not the only thing they were doing. So in they had dolls too. I don't know if you knew that. And plushed animals, dolls, all these kinds of things under these other names. And in '88, they had a, a real a, a licensing winner, really, with their Pee Wee Herman line in the United States. And then they hit their their controversy. Now, okay, we have it. It's Halloween, so that's why I'm bringing this up. But they had a very controversial offering, and it was the Freddy Krueger talking doll. And yes, we were all scared to death of Freddy Krueger. Let me tell you something. Who wasn't afraid to go to sleep, right? <laughs> After watching those movies, man, you didn't. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I don't care who you are. When you're, a, when you're a young teenager, you're not fully formed with your rational mind. There is no reason to think that that couldn't happen, right? <laughs> no matter how many times you tell yourself it's just a movie, uh, it scared the hell out of you. Anyway, uh, and apparently it scared a lot of adults, too, because this is the thing. They make this Freddy Krueger talking doll. And it actually, uh, it freaked religious groups out, parental groups out. And so, you know, we talk about, you know, this whole cancel culture thing, like it's, it's a new thing. And this is where I fall back on, 
guys, what's happening today has happened before, right? That's if, if history teaches us nothing, it's repetitive. Uh, you know, religious groups and parent groups, you know, shut it down. They literally matchbox caved and pulled the toy. Uh, you know, it just disappeared from the shelves. So remember, uh, we can argue all day long that they had too many products and da 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 da, and et cetera, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Tyco Toys ended up buying buying Matchbox or Universal uh, as well. So Tyco ended up being they were like the number three toy company in the world. They were big, man. And like everything else, things change. And <laughs> and Tyco's no no longer with us. <laughs> but that's that's you know happened a long time ago. So so that's kind of what happened to burning key cars. Now, uh, <clears throat> did you have one? Leave me a note on Facebook. Let me know. If you got a picture of your old Bernard Key car, I'd love to post it there too. I don't I don't have any. I can tell you that there there are there are plenty of them on eBay right now. So jump right over there and get your hands on one if you need to add something to your collection. And, and get you can get a look at them too. You know, I might post some pictures. You can't post them from eBay because you know, if they're an eBay photo, it's kind of copyright. But and then if you put a link, it doesn't go. But I'll see if I can find something on Pinterest and link to it on Facebook as well, so you can get a look at these things, or just do a doggone search. <laughs> you can always do that too. But yeah, burn a key cars, man. They were they they were great. I did you race them with your friends? You ever do that? I you know I don't think I did. I think you know it was more of a kind of had to start coming indoors again, you know, kind of lived in a colder climate. So spending more time inside, it would get dark earlier. And, you know, that's for me, that's when I would play with my burn key cars, hot wheels, RC, you know, slot cars, whatever. Didn't have RC cars back then. I didn't, but, uh, I start, that's when I would do it right during the evening, boring TV shows. If it wasn't something I could watch, we had one TV. Right. Well, actually, Grandpa had a black and white too, but now usually both of them sucked. So, as far as what was on, rarely it was something that a kid wanted to watch. All right. So you heard, you heard the opening, the opening uh, uh, advertisement for Woolworth and Woolco. We had a Woolco, by the way. We didn't have a Woolworth where I was at. We had a Woolco, and it was you know, and it was just just like they said. It's kind of like the Walgreens or Osco. Uh, what's the other one? There's another drugstore that I see when I travel. Uh, I forget what it's called right now, but you know, it's the same thing. It's got a little of everything in there. Uh, and, and they were just, you know, they were just stores, but what, what I wanted to get at was those costumes, right? You remember those? Do you remember the, the vinyl costume that was just like this two pieces of flat vinyl welded together on the edges? Not much to them. They cost two bucks, Right. But man, I'm going to tell you, I'm going way back here, guys. I'm going to first grade. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm, I'm talking first grade Halloween, wearing my costume. Any guesses on what I was that year? Any guesses? Now they, now the the company Ben Cooper, they licensed all kinds of costumes, and we're going to that's who we're going to talk about today. Uh, and so while you're guessing what I was, and I'll tell you the story of my first grade costume and and Halloween night. Uh, back so long ago. <laughs> yeah, this is deep in the seventies, baby. All right, so I was wearing a Ben Cooper costume. I'll tell you that. Now they were a, they were really a big. I mean, they were it basically between the thirties and the eighties for Halloween costumes. They were it, and Ben Cooper was the founder, and and uh, you know he got into songwriting, and then he ended up finding a or founding a theatrical. Theatrical? Do I sound like Moira from uh, 
Shit's Creek. <laughs> when I did that, I I didn't mean to. That was a mispronunciation, but that's <laughs> anyway. Uh, so he uh, he he started making costumes for the theater, and then during the during during the thirties, uh, you know, the Great Depression was on, and Halloween was actually becoming. That's when it really became a popular holiday. I don't. You most you know you think it's just been around forever, but everything has a start. Okay. To include Halloween and you know becoming popular to to becoming what it is today, and I'll I'll tell you this: there's a there's a little there's a little concern that I have this year because of COVID that it may not be what it was. I still live in a neighborhood where people trick or treat, and it's very popular. And it, God, it's a lot of fun, and I've did some really fun stuff on Halloween over the years. I got to tell you, it's probably my favorite holiday. Even though my kids are getting older and that, you know, obviously my daughter is now probably not going to be trick-or-treating, but we do other stuff to have fun on Halloween. But anyway, uh, Cooper, so this was the perfect time and, and and started making, you know, costumes. And, you know, he was very early on in licensing uh, the characters. And that's that's what separated that's what separated the Ben Cooper company. Right. They and it started in 37 when he picked up uh, Walt Disney Company. And so he was making Donald Duck, Snow White, and then he'd start selling him, selling him like that. And and pretty soon, uh, you know, they become the, the number one costume manufacturer. And if you're going to license your costume, that's where you were going. And these things were cheap, man. They were like, uh, man, they sucked. And the eyes were like slits. Remember that? You can't see out of the damn things. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there was some safety issues there, too. That came up later, right? We remember that. We had to wear uh, reflective stuff all over and, you know, this, that, and the other. Because you couldn't see out of the things. And then eventually, today, they're banned. You can't wear those kinds of masks in the school. Not that they're around anymore, but, you know, no masks when they do the, the Halloween stuff. My, my wife's a teacher, so I'm very in tune to what's going on in the Halloween space in elementary school. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you could get these things everywhere. You know, JCPenney, Sears, again, Woolco. Uh, we had a place called Grand Central that had them. And they were, you know, about a buck, buck and a quarter. Uh, today's dollars, that would be about $14. So, you know, give you some idea. They weren't cheap, but they weren't expensive either. So anybody could anybody could wear them. Uh and they, you know, so by the fifties they were still going. You can still see pictures. People post pictures all the time of their of their uh uh costumes from back then. And anyway, so this is what now okay, so they did all okay, all these costumes. We all had one. What were you? That's you know, that's the next question. What what was your favorite costume? Because I remember that specific one that I'm going to talk about in a minute. Have you guessed it? You probably haven't. Um, you, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you. I don't know if you could possibly guess of all the hundreds of costumes that were made back then what I could have been. All right, so keep going. <laughs> I was I was a lot of things, but I'm talking about the first grade costume. So it was my favorite. All right, and there was a little bit of an issue. So during the the mid '80s. Okay, uh, there was a uh, there were seven people that died taking Tylenol, and that and they'd find out that someone had tampered with the product, lacing it with potassium cyanide. Do you guys remember that? I kind of do. They pulled Tylenol off the shelves, and that's when the safety seal came about. By the way, and it it uh, I mean it literally terrified parents, and they people quit letting their children go to. Halloween. 
And so guess what happened? Sales absolutely dropped out. And really, they Ben Cooper didn't recover. Uh, and eventually, eventually that cost him. Because regardless of what happened, the uh, the uh, recovery by about 87 uh, accessories, makeup, et cetera, et cetera, they ended up filing bankruptcy. So they uh, they just they just couldn't get out of it. And that was really what changed. And that's where it started. Uh, and that was back in 82. But I you, I mean, honestly, I you know, and, and I don't know if that's where some of these things came, that there were syringes and apples and all that. But you know, it became a big deal to inspect your candy and you'd have to have an adult. You couldn't eat your candy when you got home until an adult looked at it and went through it or whatever, right? And and they still do that. Hospitals would offer x-ray to x-ray bags of candy, you know, and it was, you know, it was kind of a big deal. It's, they still do. They still do. And those those myths, some of the myths still persist, but that was a real deal. And it was in Tylenol, but it carried over. The timing was just right. It's kind of like like it would be right now, right? If, if if something like that happened, and and that's where I see the parallel is this COVID thing. What's going to happen this year? Uh, are we going to let our kids trick or treat? I don't know. There's been some some places that have banned it, right? So, all right, but uh, it wasn't banned. It wasn't banned in '76, uh, i.e., my first grade year, when I was Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Casper the Friendly Ghost, man. It was the coolest costume ever. Because why did I want to be Casper? I mean, you might have put it together. It was because of the Great Pumpkin. I just wanted to be a ghost, and Casper was it, man. You know what I mean? And and it was a store bought costume, so it looked really cool. Now this is this is the part that is sad. <laughs> Are you ready? So uh, my mother and my grandpa took me trick or treating that year because I, you know, you couldn't go. You still didn't go by yourself. I mean, this was. You know, this was serial killer time. Uh, God, I can't think of the serial killer's name, but he was everywhere, and he was going after, uh, you know, college-age girls. But he was going through the Salt Lake Valley, and he had he had pulled people. So it was kind of, you know, a little scary time for a lot of reasons. Uh, uh, but this is well before the uh, the Tylenol incident. But I, So anyway, it was snowing out. So I've got to wear my costume under my little snowsuit and snow boots, right? And you know that, and you show you— you jam the the nice thing about these costumes they were huge so you jam the thing over top and it was you know pulled tight uh, over my snowsuit and so as i'm walking to the first house in this deep snow my costume ripped open and i started crying <laughs> true story <laughs> First grade, give me a break, because uh, my costume ripped, and nobody was gonna nobody was gonna believe that I was really Casper with a ripped costume. For God's sakes, man! <laughs> so the costume ripped, and you know I got over it fairly quickly and got on to trick or treating at a great night in, in the snow. And I, you know, I've seen some cold Halloweens over there. I had one with my son. We took him out, and we were like one in. It's because my brother in law showed up with his kids, so the cousins wanted to go trick or treating together. And it was a record cold season in Colorado, uh, you know that year. God, what I can't remember what year that was. Probably, I don't know, two thousand two, maybe ish. I don't know. He's probably about seven, but it was like you know ten below. Man, it was cold. It was really cold out. So uh, we would get out of the car, run up to the house, trick or treat, run back. I think people thought we were nuts, and we were. And, you know, we just wanted them to have that time together. Uh, but we didn't. We did two or three houses. We called it called it a night. It was just too dog cold. So we, we've had those from time to time. But the Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, they, they Charlie Brown was a ghost with three holes in his in his, in his sheet. Uh, and I, that's why I wanted to be Casper, the friendly 
goes. So what were you? Leave it in the Facebook notes. I want to hear about it. Or leave a message on the Facebook page, Frequency 13, so I get a <laughs> I want to get a sense of it. So I'll see if I can find that Casper costume, a picture of it, post it on there, too, for you, because that was just, it was a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun. All right. So what else? What else about Halloween? There is one more thing. And no, this isn't as exciting as the one more thing that we're going to see uh, with the iPhone launch thing that they like to do on Apple. Silly company. Halloween, the night he came home, when the deepest fears are made real, when the darkest nightmares come true, when the most courageous soul cowers in the face of evil. First time on TV, the modern horror classic from John Carpenter, parental expression advised, this film contains elements of shock and suspense, and now Halloween, you won't be watching it alone. The Friday Night Movie, man. The Friday Night Movie. Now, you're saying to yourself, the Friday Night Movie. Wait a minute. Um, <laughs> there was a, there were a, first of all, there were a lot of movies, and not just the Friday Night Movie, right? So, and this was on NBC, and they started this a long time ago. But the Friday Night is kind of like uh, I don't know if you know if you're if you're in a popular culture like I am, and since you're listening to the show, you probably are. Uh, the Friday, the Friday night movie was, was there, ended up being there because Friday night was like the death zone for TV, right? That's, you know, you just couldn't make a series work. If you got moved to Friday night, your series was going to get canceled. So that was just the way it went. It was just, it was crap, right? And why? Well, think about it. That's when people are going to do other things. It's, it's Friday after work. You might have a cookout. You're going to meet up with some friends. You know, it just wasn't a, a really a TV night. You know, you're getting ready for the weekend. Maybe you're you're taking off to go camping or whatever the case may be. Just not a lot of TV being consumed on Friday nights, it turns out. You know, I've experienced this in other things, too. Uh, you know, <laughs> we used to go to this climbing wall, and Friday night was the night to do it because there was nobody there. I mean, literally, you know, everybody's out drinking after work or whatever, so we had the place to ourselves. It was wonderful. But <laughs> I digress. Uh so and 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 it didn't always start out. So they came up with this. It was it was interesting. So it started kind of in the early '60s in the fall schedule, kind of just to fill some blanks more than anything. And they so in '61 they started it out, and they they started calling it you know movie night, Monday night at the movies. Okay. So, and there was, so there was kind of a gap in there. I don't know if that was before Monday Night Football or if it was competing with it. I really don't know. I have to look that up too. I'm not sure when Monday Night Football started, but it was an event, right? So Monday night, great night for a movie and all the other networks started catching on. And and pretty soon by the seventies, you know, they were all over the place. Now we still didn't have Friday night at the movies. Saturday night at the movies was a big deal. And that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Because, you know, you can sit at home Saturday night. Saturday night, you're getting ready for church, right? That's what that's what you were doing. You were getting ready for church on Saturday night. So you weren't going to stay out late, depending on what time your church started or whatever. It was kind of a wind down. Really, the weekend was over, <laughs> wasn't it? So Saturday night movies made a lot of sense. But Friday night movies, uh, again, came back. And so those hit in uh, in 80, right? So they hit like literally in 80, September in 80. And so that's when we start seeing the Friday night movie. And... 
we'd have Thursday night of the movies. So they'd come up with all these, but it was just kind of event television to fill in some of the gaps. And, you know, that, that's what, that was really, it was before the birth of the VHS and really the home movie. And we've talked about home movies and, and they eventually caught on, of course. But again, even, even though there were some early adopters who were watching, home movies and, you know, on VHS tape in the early 80s. Not many people had the technology. It was expensive, you know, and, and most of us couldn't afford that kind of thing. So you relied on, you know, network broadcasts for just about everything. And it was the golden age. We've talked about this a million times. It was the golden age of television. And so Friday, I, I found that I found that Friday night movie playing Halloween, uh, one of my favorites, <laughs> just because it was perfect timing for this Halloween episode. So I wanted to share that with you. And I really do miss those. I've tried to recreate them by doing movie nights. You know, we've done done these in our house over the years. And it's just never the same because you can always time shift everything now. And it just, it doesn't have that same event television feeling to it, does it? it you, you, no matter what you do, it's just, it's just not the same as event television. And I've been trying to do it more and more. I'll tell you what I'm trying to do now is not watch the trailer, just kind of be surprised by it or read the thing. So I don't even have a commercial and trying to discover something new in cinema. <laughs> yeah, it's a little uppity, but that's true. It's what I'm trying to do just to make, you know, just to bring that magic back. The kids don't have it. They're bombarded and watching this stuff all the time. So things change. I get it. And this is where we are. And it's going to be different. Everybody's going to have a different a different uh, memory, but that's okay. We're enjoying our our uh, our memory of our time on this show, aren't we? All right, so do me a favor. Before you race over to eBay to look for your favorite Ben Cooper Halloween costume or maybe find a mint condition lot of burning key cars, and yeah, <laughs> they're both out there, reach down uh, your favorite podcast app. Click subscribe. Give me a five-star review. It really helps the show get in front of our friends and the friends of Generation X. If you're on Facebook, look up the show. Join and like the page, Frequency 13. I'm going to be beefing up my Facebook page for Frequency 13, and I'll be posting new content every week and even more often sometimes as I find it. So that's a promise. The blog, Frequency13.com, expanded show notes of select episodes. That's where I do my creative writing, and uh, it's more of a winter activity, so you'll see uh, only select episodes there. I'm also on Twitter, at Frequency13POD, or email me at freq13fm at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and all the best.